0: Hello and welcome to episode 76. There's lots of S's. 76 of the hotel fuel podcast the thing. Super 76. It's, it's should I start again? Hello, yes, and welcome sh- to episode 76 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Stuart Butler. Lots of more S's. Joined today with uh, Sir Pete Stemeo. <laughs> This is Super Pete DeMeo. <laughs> and Smilissa Smilavina. Smay <laughs> And Smisha Smikiki Mo Mo.
1: Shmallow.
0: If anyone's just listening to us for the first time, they're, they're like, I'm deleting this podcast right away. I promise sometimes we make sense. Occasionally. Um, maybe not today.
1: Smil you later.
0: <laughs> you sounded like... Uh, um, What's that SNL skit when they do Jeopardy? You sound Oh, Trebek. You, yeah. yeah, but you're not sounding like Trebek. You're sounding like the his other arch guy. nemesis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Yeah. All right, so we're doing a hotel marketing podcast, apparently. That's what we've been told. And today we're going to be doing it on trends that are happening, some buzzwords that have flown around. Travel
1: tech trends. Yeah.
0: I, I, full disclaimer, we're not really experts on this stuff, so we're going to be rambling a little bit, and we'll be giving our opinion. But, you know, take it with a grain of salt. It is, Speak for it, yourself. It is just our opinion. We'll see. Yeah. But while we're becoming experts
2: on this, I think everybody should be aware of you know, the trends that we're going to be talking about because they are going to be impacting everyone in 2018.
0: Yeah, so if nothing else, when we talk about it here, like just kind of listen to us but then go Google about the actual facts and then you can learn real things about listen
1: it. Listen to us and then go find the accurate information about <laughs> it. Yeah,
0: And then write to us and tell us and then we'll learn something. Or start your own podcast and then we'll listen to that. that that'd be good. But before we get into the trends... Let's talk about the newsies, the newsicles, what's going on in the news. Pete. All right. Well, the first one that we have is on
2: TechCrunch, and it's Google Flights will now predict airline delays before the airlines do. And spoiler alert, one of our tech trends that we're going to be talking about is AI. And Google's using a very complex AI system or artificial intelligence to look at the weather, past history of a particular flight travel i guess you know volume for any given day and they're going to let you know if your flight is going to be delayed as soon as their algorithm hits an 80% certainty that you know sorry your flight's delayed every time they've tested this it's been accurate and they've known in advance of the airline canceling or delaying a flight and been able to alert their customers. This
0: is like minority report stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like they're almost predicting the future. They know it's going to happen before it actually happens. Right.
3: I can tell you that whatever flight I'm on is going to be delayed. <laughs>
1: can I be Google? That's Googled?
0: probably what Google did. They're just going to go ahead Where's and Where's Melissa going? That day. flight's going to be
1: delayed. Yeah. I've definitely seen, obviously not to this extent, but... When I've looked at and purchased tickets through Google Flights, they will kind of let you know if there's a flight that's traditionally backed up or delayed. this is often delayed by 30 minutes. So I think this is just the next step of that.
0: Yeah. And Google Flights is awesome. They really do. They
1: are really awesome.
0: Yeah, they've nailed it. And they have such a big market share. Uh, You know, I read somewhere the other day uh, that they get more search volume than Kayak. And, you know, obviously, I mean, that seems pretty uh, apparent nowadays. But... And yet they still haven't cracked the hotel search thing yet. And yet they're trying again. They're trying to pivot again, reinvent the hotel search again. But the flights they've nailed for some time, it's about time they caught up with the hotel side. But this this is great. This is what I, AI should be doing. It should be taking data and analyzing it in a way that it's just not physically possible for humans to do it. You know, a um, good friend, Tim Peter, who does um, Tim Peter Thinks Out Loud podcast we've mentioned on the, on the show before you
2: mentioned that and i've been addicted to it ever since <clears throat> it's really good it's He's, about three weeks i've been yeah it's to like it 15
0: stop. minute episodes of he just dives deep into this cerebral kind of self-discussion about a topic um really really it's one of my favorite podcasts but you know he says ai makes big data small you know and that's the purpose of it it can really crunch a lot of information from a lot of sources and make it Palatable and usable, and this is a prime example of how Google's using their AI to help, you know, influence um, the outcome of the customer experience in this case. So, great innovation from Google, <clears throat> especially if it's accurate. And, and hopefully, the airlines will start, you know, leveraging this data so they can predict ahead of time mm-hmm. and, and adjust. Because what you end up seeing right now, you know, I was coming back recently. Uh, Melissa, Misha, and Alyssa were with me. And we were coming back from bail and it was bad weather in Atlanta. Atlanta being the busiest airport in the world, major hub, everything's going through it. As soon as things started getting delayed there, it just like had a ripple effect, you know. And it was all reactionary. As soon as one flight was delayed, and then they had to juggle it in later on, it's delaying others and others and others. You know, if if AI was a pl- employed there, I'm sure they could have been more efficient. You know, certainly mm-hmm. things would have been delayed, but maybe they could have predicted ahead of time, juggled more efficiently. And more people would have gotten to their destination on time, whereas we ended up getting back at like 1 a.m. It was ridiculous. But, you know, this is great. And this is a great example of AI, which we're going to be talking about in a little while. So what's next?
1: So I have an article from Skift.com. And like many of their articles, it is very thorough and comprehensive. So I encourage you to go check it out on your own time. For the sake of this conversation, I just wanted to to throw it out to the group so we can kind of have some food for thought conversation. The title of the article is, Why Expedia or Priceline Might Just Be the Next Great Hotel Brand. And it starts off with a little bit of an introduction, um, and then there's a quote, which I wanted to say. It was um, at the Focusrite conference in November. It was from the Kayak CEO, Steve, and he said, The big guys in online travel, and I'm fortunate enough to work for one of them, Are going to move into differentiation and that to my mind means owning assets i would not be surprised to see people moving into the hotel space by actually owning floors or buildings or even chains the article goes into a lot of there's a video in there it goes into detail about how differentiation has already begun it explores a lot of different angles for this so i was just kind of curious to see what our thoughts were on whether or not we feel like this is an actual thing that could happen
3: Hmm, <laughs> that seems, I, I don't know, that seems very down the road.
1: So There was another, and this was a while ago, and it was unrelated, but another article I just saw that dove into how some of the biggest companies now don't actually own things. So you think about Uber doesn't own their car inventory, Facebook doesn't own any content, you know, Airbnb doesn't own any inventory, but we're perhaps starting to see that change. Well, you know, technically,
0: I think- Facebook owns all the content. They just steal it from us.
1: Okay, fair. But and and Airbnb—they're Air, not. They don't. Right.
0: That Uber is a logistics company, right? And um, Facebook's an advertising company. And um, you know, I think Airbnb are realizing that if they want to continue their revenue growth, uh, inventory is going to be an issue. You know, well, that,
1: that's something they we had talked about. Recently, they're starting to explore that. Right,
0: they are investing in assets now. Airbnb are getting their own properties. They're looking at diversifying their revenue streams. Their CEO came out and said within the next 12 months, 50% of their revenue will be new revenue streams that they don't currently have. So they're certainly looking to to find ways. Um, I I think going back to this story with Expedia and, and Priceline getting into the hotel industry, I think there's a chance, and whether they own them directly or whether they become kind of their own brand or soft brand for or franchise uh, for hotels and finance properties and buildings, I think that's very realistic. Mm -hmm. You know, I think if they were to, because right now it's really hard if you want to get into the hotel business, you want to build a a new property and you go to a bank, they won't, very rarely will they finance you unless you have a flag, Mm -hmm. you know, so... Expedia could be sitting on a lot of capital and then start financing new projects with the understanding that you're going to fly an Expedia brand or soft brand.
2: I could see that being the case more than them actually going out and buying inventory. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense from an Airbnb-type perspective where you know they are a provider of you know inventory. We're having some inventory that would make a lot of sense. But for someone like Expedia that's selling every hotel room that there is, it seems like one that would lead to some conflicts of... What you're showing and when you're showing it, but also why would you bring all of the headaches of the day-to-day management of a property when right now it's a very clean process? You take their money, you take a portion of it, and you give the rest to the hotel.
0: Yeah, they're making better margins than the <clears throat> hotels are themselves right, right now, you know. And and you know at the same time, what we see is the the franchises, like the actual the Hiltons, the merits of the world, are getting out of the management business. You know, they're becoming more focused on their business being about. Getting more franchises, not that they own or manage, but they don't—they don't really care about that. They're just about getting more. That's why they're creating more brands, getting more properties in a location. They don't manage or own any of them. They're just making money off the top of other people's hard work. So, I—I I, I find it hard to believe that while these franchise businesses are going the other way out of the hospitality business, that why would Expedia go into it when they're already making huge margins? being an intermediary, unless they see threats from things like blockchain, which we'll get into in a little bit. So it, it's a great article. Um, check it out on the show notes. If you go to fueltravel.com slash podcast, click on episode 76, you'll, um, you'll be able to get that full article there and the one we talked about before. Do we have any more newsies?
3: We've got one more. Okay. From Search Engine Land. This is titled The Google Speed Update page speed will become a ranking factor in mobile search. That's what you need to know. It okay. says it all in the title. So, according to the article, as of July 2018, uh, people really need to get their acts together on page speed on mobile. Otherwise, you're going to get penalized. Yeah. So just
0: do it. Google's been talking about speed and how important it is for a long for a time, while, right? And and I, I would argue that even if Google what that. I'm, I'm reading this as I'm saying is it's now a single individual factor in this in the algorithm. You know s- speed has played a role already up until now, right We know that one the, the the desktop index and the mobile index are separate. We know that their ranking factors are different, right We know that Google themselves has come out and said that rank brain again, we're talking about AI, the AI piece of the algorithm is is the number three biggest factor, right? So behind content and links, RankBrain is right behind there and increasing every day in terms of its importance. And we know that RankBrain looks at how the consumer interacts with the website, right? Meaning how much time do they spend on the site, how much what they're clicking on, and, and do they pogo stick back to the, the cert page, all that stuff. And speed of the page has an influence on that. So the faster your site is today, without even waiting until this July date, the faster your page is today, the better indicators you're going to be sending or your site's going to be sending to the brain algorithm. So, go. the faster your site is today, the higher you're likely to rank anyway. So this isn't really news to anyone. I think what's a little surprising is that Google came out with a press release and about it. this and and with a definitive clarity said, this is something you need to pay attention. That means that Holy cow! You need yeah. to pay attention. When Google says jump, you say uh, yes. I'm going to do it. Even before you tell me to do it, I'm going to start doing it right well,
2: now. What's so surprising is that when they came out with this, but they're not doing that already. I always caught on. I knew that you know, speed was a factor from a desktop perspective. I'd always just assume that you need to have your mobile site as fast as it possibly can be. I mean, when you think mobile first, you're Very often thinking that you may not be connecting at the same speeds as a desktop could be.
0: Right. Your internet connection is slower. And and you're dealing in micro Mm -hmm. moments, right? Which Google themselves came out with their study that said people are spending short bursts of time on their mobile device in between their life. So Mm -hmm. you don't have a long time for people to sit there and wait for pages and pages to load. You've got to focus on the speed. I mean,
2: it it should have already been something in in the forefront of any hotelier's mind that they need to have a fast site. I mean, this is more of just, hey, it, get it done. It, yeah,
0: it's a good reminder. But, you know, I think folks that most of the folks that listen to it, this show have probably heard us talk about page speed in the past and how important it is. There are a lot of things you can do. Um, Google has a great tool called um, Google page Speed Insights. If you just Google that, you'll go find it. Um, I think we even talked about it on last week's episode. Mm-hmm.
1: And then there's testmysite.thinkwithgoogle.com <clears throat> and literally all you do is put in your URL and it gives you a full... Mobile speed page tester, and then you can email yourself the full report with a full list of things to do to make it yeah, better. Yeah,
0: it gives it literally tells you what you can do, and and it, mm-hmm. if that's jargon or, or you know technical stuff that you can't find, whoever's doing your website, um, ask them to do it, or you know pick up the phone and call Fuel or email us at importfueltravel.com. We can help you with that stuff. Um, the other tool we use internally that gives a little more detail than uh, Google Insights is GT Metrics. There's metrics with an X. Um, it's a pretty good tool as well that, that, and it's free. But all these tools are free that you just plug in a URL and it'll spit out the page speed and things like that. But you have to be have to be focused on page speed. Don't wait till July or whatever this date is. You've got to be doing it yesterday.
1: Just think about how frustrating it is if you were to Google something and you click on a link and it takes more than three seconds to load. I mean, we're super impatient because we have the ability to be super impatient because things are fast now. So we're spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think when people want context, I would say three to five seconds is a good range. I mean, obviously, the faster, the better. Once you get over that range, you're going to piss some people off and you're going to lose some traffic because of that. For sure. And I would
3: say the one thing that has sort of stuck out to me about this release is that they seem to be going on a not a positive reinforcement but they're doing a negative reinforcement so it's only the pages that deliver the slowest experience to users are getting impacted so they're not rewarding people for fast page speed but they're dinging people for slowness
0: yeah they're basically saying if you're the lazy the bottom barrel there's going to be a penalty for it yeah which i think is right you know and you know in digital marketing there's so many tools at our disposal there's so many things you you can be doing there's no excuse you not to do it because it, it's easy and if you don't know how to do it you just go to google and it will literally tell you how to do anything you want so i i am i i encourage everyone to pay attention to what google's saying but don't wait until google tells you you have to focus on pay speed it's best practice think about it from the consumer's perspective all the time if it's good for the consumer you should have been doing it already so yeah that's another good one so yeah, you can get all those news links at uh, the, the show notes, but let's jump into the real show today. So Misha, you wrote this blog article, so we'll let you, we we'll hand it over to you to talk about the trends. So what's number one?
1: All right. Driving the magic school bus today. So we have the travel... I don't
0: get that reference.
1: It's the magic, magic school, school bus. bus. Miss Frizzle.
0: Mm. I going- didn't make it across the pond.
1: Oh, I feel like you would enjoy it, being the rocket scientist and all.
0: Yeah, i um- yeah, I don't know that reference.
1: Okay, well, homework. Go watch Magic School. I watched
0: Play School instead. It was great.
1: Did you ever watch... Uh, what's the story we were talking about this week?
0: Gilligan's Island?
1: No, Gullah Gullah. There we
0: go. Uh, well, we talked about both, to be fair. Gullah. I haven't watched either Gula, of those. Gullah
1: Gullah. Yeah. I don't know that. Okay, one. we're getting super off I track. think you're too
0: old. I, I think we established you had to be like around late 20s to know Gullah Gullah. Oh.
1: Yeah. Gullah Gullah Island. Gullah Gullah. No? Nobody? Okay. Nope. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Fun homework assignment for everybody this weekend. Go watch Caligula? Yes. After you Google all of our tech trends. Yep. Okay. So number one on our list, which I'm going to lean on Stuart and Pete, who actually just did a whole presentation on this to talk about. Number one on the radar, it's probably the biggest buzzword of 2018. Blockchain. It's not Omni Channel. It is not omnichannel, Channel. It is Blockchain. We felt that since it's such a buzzword, it was definitely worth discussing Yawn. what it is and how it will impact primarily data security and, and what it could mean for the hotel industry and travel industry. So, would anybody like to, looking at you, Pete, talk about what actually is blockchain for people who are unaware?
0: And, full disclosure, we're not experts on this stuff, you know? Clearly,
1: as I'm looking at Pete and diverting right. my. Hey, I could be <laughs>
0: experts on stuff.
1: <laughs>
2: No, I mean, the easiest way to look at blockchain is it is a very secure digital ledger. And what makes it so secure is that it is is only. So as things are added to the blockchain, you end up having a complete history of the entire lifetime of a transaction or a, a person's experience on the blockchain itself. Meaning to make a change to a blockchain, you add something to it. But you can never take it away, and it makes it a great way to, you know, show ownership of things from a hotel perspective. It's a great uh, backbone for loyalty programs where people are exchanging points and things along those lines.
0: Yeah, and there's a few startups that are really getting into the blockchain methodology of managing loyalty mm-hmm. programs, where it's not just you know you're not just getting points, but you can trade points for anything, right? And then they're getting other people to offer services that can be exchanged in this ledger for the points that yeah. you're earning. So I think
2: the most important thing that if someone stops listening to this podcast in five seconds, is the blockchain is not Bitcoin. Bitcoin <laughs> is simply the first killer app that sits on blockchain. So just yeah.
1: for educational purposes, like can you somehow briefly explain like how blockchain actually works? Yeah.
0: <laughs> could I, I felt like could that's we a whole use like a here. Super
3: Bowl Tickets as an example, right? So somebody buys Super Bowl tickets and then they want to resell Super Bowl tickets, tell me if I'm wrong. Like so it would in it would ensure that those are actual legitimate tickets and
0: not counterfeit. Is that correct? With that example, theoretically, right? So if ticket one two three was purchased by me or given to me initially, right, there's a line written to the ledger that says Stuart Butler is the owner of ticket one two three. And that is proven by, so the, the thing about blockchain is it's a distributed network. So it's multiple computers that have to go through this complex math problem to solve to basically say, yes, this is a true transaction. And then they all have to agree on that. So all these computers, say so there's 10 computers, all 10 say, we agree that Stuart owns this ticket one, two, three. Now, if one of those nodes, one of the computers, one of the 10 says, I don't think so. Then the other nine are going to say, nope, we're, we're pretty sure. So then num- the one that was disagreeing will say, okay, well, I agree with you guys. It's like a consensus thing. So it, it's an immutable ledger. Like no one can disagree with it. And as soon as someone does, they get overwritten and everyone else tells them mm-hmm. it's right. Now, when I want to do a transaction, if I want to sell ticket one, two, three to Pete, there's a new line written to the ledger that that it uses another math problem and that math problem is using cryptography which is gets really complicated so it's a it's a complex math problem that a computer one of the nodes on the on the network has to solve and once whichever one solves it first says i won i know i'm going to write this to the ledger and then all the others agree with that and then it gets written right mm-hmm. so that's how it, it happens in principle now there's a record that says Stuart owned that ticket, and now Pete owned that ticket. And if any point anyone wants to know who owns that ticket, and someone says, "Oh, well, Stuart owns that ticket," then they can all the computers can look back and say, "No, now Pete owns the ticket." So that that's it in its very basic form. Um, it gets a lot more complicated than that. Um, how like because when you look at one of the applications like cryptocurrency, when you mention Bitcoin, the people, the computers that are actually doing the calculation to prove the math. They're typically owned by individual people and as a reward for their computer winning the math problem solving, doing it the fastest, they get given a small amount of Bitcoin. So they're rewarding, they're miners is what they're called. Those miners get rewarded for doing the calculation and that's kind of how the ecosystem works with the cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. In this case, when we're talking about like a private private blockchain ledger, someone has to pay for the mining to happen someone has to pay for the nodes on the network to do the calculation and i think that's one of the limitations and one of the things that's going to prevent blockchain from from really spreading as fast as people think in as many areas as they think yeah. i still still think it's important but i think the cost of doing the math and when you have too many transactions that cost can go up really high and when you have a lot of transactions and all these computers are trying to do all this complex math cryptography it can take a while. And and one of the things we rely on today is real-time transactions. So if it's going to take three minutes for all these computers to agree that this ledger is now updated with this new record, that's going to be a problem. Well,
1: and correct me if I'm wrong in this, but I think the major reason it's become such a big conversation in general but in the travel space is just the whole point of this is data and security. I mean, we've had such an onslaught of you know people coming in and stealing personal data there's been so many hacks it's a huge issue so i think that's i do agree that there's a lot of work to be done but i think it is a huge opportunity and that's why people are so excited about it because from a data security perspective it's kind of a game changer
0: it is yeah it is or it can be right so so what blockchain replaces right is the need for an intermediary like for an escrow of any kind right so t- typically if you think about any kind of transaction so you think about say real estate You need an attorney or a realtor in between me buying a house from you or you buying a house from me, right? We need someone in between to make sure that it's legitimate. Um, The same could be said with banking transactions, right? If I pay you money, it goes from my bank account to your bank account. We're trusting the banks are the ones that make sure that that happens appropriately. Blockchain can eliminate the need for that third party intermediary because it is trusted by, by its nature. Now, that's it, it creates an immutable ledger in that you can't argue with the transactions, but it, it's not fully secure. Like if you look at the early days of um, Bitcoin, for example, there are a lot of accounts getting hacked and people were getting their key, their, their digital crypto key in stealing their money, which is possible. And which, then you can transfer and transfer is, and transfer and it's, it's not traceable.
2: <clears throat> that was not a hack of Bitcoin. No, it was a that hack, was of the hack of individual's keys. If it was Mt. Gox or whomever it was, it was the intermediary that people were using to hold their keys if you want to make it even more, more complex.
0: Yeah, so there were there were these basically um, marketplaces where you could go in and buy and sell Bitcoin. And with still real exist. with Yeah, they do. I mean, Coinbase with, is one.
2: That's right, so you now. could
0: go in and pay them real money from your account and they would give you, they would buy Bitcoin and put it in your account. Now, if your account on that marketplace was hacked and someone could come in there, withdraw the Bitcoin for real money and, and steal it. And mm-hmm. early on, there was a lot of these kind of um, marketplaces that went under because they were getting hacked so much. So, although the underlying blockchain piece is very secure, th- there's going to be weaknesses in it mm-hmm. for sure.
2: And, and I think one thing also to consider with, you know, moving to a blockchain based infrastructure is it's not perfect, but the goal is it's going to be better than the current platforms we have now. And I kind of one example of that is I think I mentioned on the, the podcast before was my trip down to Jacksonville, Florida, where I rented a place. I put like $2,500, you know, to cover a, a rental home for a vacation. Well, hurricane comes destroys the person who owns the property's main residence he moves into the rental property and because now he has no rental income he's not able to refund me my my full payment for the house it caused a big problem because now i'm out twenty five hundred dollars and my recourse is very limited i can go to vrbo and try to get my money back what i end up doing is going through the bank and they uh charged back my credit card, so I was made whole. But if this were on the blockchain, it would be set up where it was automated. So I would put $2,500 onto a blockchain. Let's say it was VRBO's blockchain. This is kind of how it impacts travel. But when I went to stay at the property, once I accepted the property, the money at that point would be transferred to the owner of the property. So I don't necessarily have to trust that this person that I'm renting the house from is trustworthy because the blockchain itself created the trust that my money wasn't going to be compromised until I walked in the front door and said, yes, this is the place I was renting. At that point, he gets his money. I have the place to rent and everything works out okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's possible, right? But you're still dealing with, you know, you could argue that credit cards could work the same way today, right? But they don't because people have policies in place that they need the money, the deposit down. Right. Two weeks in advance right so there's nothing telling someone that the blockchain wouldn't you know using a blockchain method of transaction that it they could do the same thing with their policies so i I think people look at blockchain as this like silver bullet that solves all these problems i don't think it i think it's just a new technology that can be leveraged in certain ways i Mm. think there's a lot of great startups that are using it um in terms of loyalty like we said I don't think, you know, you read nonsense out there about this is going to replace the OTAs. It's just, it's nonsense. Mm. The OTAs aren't big because they do a good job of of handling how the money transacts, right? That's not why OTAs exist. They exist because they have exposure. They, they've done a good job marketing. They have trust in their brand. Blockchain is not going to replace any of that stuff. So, I mean, would you see an OTA come up that uses blockchain or would... One of the main OTAs um, adopt a blockchain methodology, possibly, but it's it's not going to replace the OTAs. Well, I also silly. think
2: that so much of what the what blockchain and it's not really the blockchain; it's just blockchain. What blockchain can do is going to be behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of kind of a good example of that is Nationwide Insurance is rolling out something called Risk Block, which is a blockchain that is designed to provide proof of insurance and that your insurance is paid up. The consumer doesn't care and doesn't know. They just wanna have a very frictionless transaction where they get in a car accident, immediately all the insurance companies involved know that you know Stuart Butler got in a car accident and he has insurance and therefore they're gonna pay the claim
0: right and, and it, it happens quickly and it's great for stuff like that right because it like i said is immutable you can't argue if it says pete has this insurance it's impossible for him to have fabricated that like if we look at a ledger now say say it's like a, a a deed to a house or something like that and it says who owns that it's easy for someone along the line to have fabricated information about that with the blockchain that's impossible because The computers are the ones that agree that it's true, and every new true answer is predicated on everything that came before it. So the math algorithm that they're using incorporates data from every transaction prior to it to make sure that the math is proven correct. So if someone changed something somewhere along the blockchain, then all the math, they'd have to do it on one node, and then that that node would (coughs) no longer be congruent with all the other nodes, and all the other nodes would say, hey... Something changed weird on this. We don't agree with it. We're going to override mm-hmm. it. So it prevents people from hacking and, and and overriding and manipulating a ledger and falsifying data. And that's why for insurance, stuff like that, ownership, I think it's mm-hmm. going to be revolutionary in a lot it's of going, industries.
2: If you are a real estate attorney, this is one of those things that's going to be a real disruptor and that... It you know, could cost them a lot of jobs. Well,
0: I don't know if it's going to cost <clears throat> jobs because it's not like you as a layman are going to be knowing how to do that thing, right? So I think all it's going to do is change how the attorney does their job, like the method in which they do their job and maybe what price and maybe disruptors will come in, new companies will come in well, that leverage that technology. Well, no, because
2: in this case, you would look at the... Who, owns, who records the deed is typically... You know, registrar at a county courthouse sure. or state courthouse, they would have the blockchain that holds all these deeds. And then you could have, you know, real estate agents, paralegals. Technically, you can have homeowners writing updates to it and assuming you have the consensus then it would be written. You wouldn't even need that attorney,
0: theoretically. Theoretically. But but I think the reality is most people aren't going to get that sophisticated, aren't going to know that. you know Most average consumers, maybe realtors are going to replace it. Century 21
2: would love to be able to go to homeowners and say, list your house
0: with us and we'll save you $500 on your yeah. closing fees. I mean, I could see that. But uh, you know, I, I still think there's going to be someone that's doing it. I don't think yeah. homeowners are going to take it on themselves. No.
1: Can I lighten the mood with some funny tweets some funny blockchain tweets
0: sure
1: (laughs) you sound enthused about me interrupting this intellectual conversation i
0: I don't know if you could call it intellectual but it's a conversation (laughs) oh they're funny for the sake of moving on
1: we can go uh with this so how to get funding keep saying blockchain really fast until people in suits get confused and throw money at you
0: (laughs) this is true
1: that's funny. And then the only other one I saw, because, you know, I know nothing about blockchain or Bitcoin. Um, if I had a Bitcoin for every time someone tried to explain Bitcoin to me, I'd have a lot of Bitcoins and no idea what to do with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fantastic. Also relevant.
0: Which is funny. You know, a great illustration of how people really don't understand blockchain and, and its application and especially cryptocurrency is just looking at the price of Bitcoin and what it's done after over the last few months. You know, it was around, what, $1,000 for a long, long time. Right. For Bitcoin and it over the you know this November December time just started jumping like crazy and everyone I knew was like this is the new way to get rich we're all gonna get rich. And it got up to what, like 16, Bitcoin 17, 18,000? Yeah. Um, crazy. But I looked at it today because I was telling people it was up to like fifteen, sixteen, And all my friends were like, Should I buy this? You work with computers. Should I buy this? <laughs> That's right? always so... And I'm like, No, you absolutely no. shouldn't. It's way overinflated. At some time, it's gonna absolutely bomb. So mm-hmm. if you had it at 1,000 and it got to 19,000, I hope you sold it. Yeah. Because. You're going to be a sad little puppy right now.
2: Yeah. And it's, about uh, a little over a year ago,
0: when I was kind of really started getting into it
2: and learning about it, I didn't buy any Bitcoin, unfortunately. But I bought Ethereum, Litecoin. And did you buy kitty them.
1: coins? I didn't buy any <laughs> kitty coins.
2: But it's, it's been great up in, you know through December. Yeah. And then in the last two weeks, there's been such a bloodbath in that mm-hmm. market. Yeah. But it, it was the people who were you know, the they're on high on hopium, the thing and that's going to go right through the roof. Hopium. You ever heard
1: of hopium? I need so, some hopium. So, so, so anyway, so
2: the hopium, uh, you know, made it to a giant bubble where yeah. it's a great platform, but people got so, like you said, exuberant that they just wanted to throw all the money into it. So yeah, not to
1: derail us any further than we're probably already derailed. But did you say, and I don't know if he prefers to go by 50 cent or 50 cent, but he forgot that he had Bitcoin. And then like now he's a millionaire again. <laughs> Wasn't he bankrupt or something? Yeah, yeah he like filed bankruptcy. To... And I guess several years ago, back in the day, somebody paid him for an album or something with Bitcoin, and now it's worth $8 million. Well, it, hopefully
0: <laughs> he cashed out two weeks ago, because if yeah. he didn't, he just lost half of his net worth. Well,
1: um,
0: but there, to... there's a lot of stories about that. People are going, because it was up to crazy numbers, yeah. and people that had a couple of Bitcoin back in the day, uh, it's now worth a lot. You know, um, We have an sto-
2: IT guy here who has, he says several Bitcoins somewhere. That he got rid of on a hard drive a couple years ago yeah he goes I think it's in my house but I don't know yeah <gasps> I feel yeah. like I'd like be find looking that.
0: there's a guy in England that he knows it was on a hard drive he threw it out at, at the dump the mm-hmm. and uh, he's been looking like he quit his job and all he's doing now is going Lurry bag by bag through this whole big dump trying to find oh his old gosh. hard drive because he knows oh, there's millions of dollars on it
1: assuming it's still there they say the that
0: over 20% of all Bitcoin, Is missing like it will never get claimed because people are stupid.
2: Do you want to hear the most important application of blockchain? (laughs) This is the most important application. Okay,
0: I felt like you're setting us up.
2: So this is in Fortune magazine and it was I think back on uh, June 16th or I'm sorry, uh, January 16th. Blockchain is the answer to sexual consent. Out of France, (laughs) uh, a group of French women created a basic. Uh, blockchain that allowed people to log their consent into a blockchain so that there would be no question about it after the deed was done (laughs) so (laughs) there you go thanks genius
1: right Uh, i have comments but i probably should probably hold them for not the podcast (laughs) the
0: only
2: reason i mentioned that it's on fortune so
0: very reputable yeah there's gonna be so many for the next couple of years so many blockchain startups so many blockchain things like you said there's so much money being thrown at anything oh, yeah. related to blockchain right now. It's it's ridiculous. It is not going to save the world. It is going to disrupt a lot of industries, banking, insurance, real estate, uh, You know for sure. Um, I'm intrigued by some of the startups in travel, but I don't see anything that, to me, is going to like revolutionize how people travel. It's so the
1: consensus is don't drop everything you're doing and focus on blockchain. Yeah. As, as Go as focus year.
0: on your email marketing and yeah. your SEO and your pay-per-click mm-hmm. and your content strategy and your social and... All the And your website and your booking engine and all the things that actually make you money today. Let the, let the other people jump around mm-hmm. and sing and dance about blockchain. Yeah.
2: And I would say this. I wouldn't go investing your property's money in any type of blockchain now <laughs> at all. But what I would Ooh. say is, you know, one morning while you're having a cup of coffee before you really get to work, watch one or two YouTube videos that do a really good job explaining it. So at least you understand at a top line what's coming down the road because at some point, it is going to be much more relevant. Yeah.
0: And if nothing else, when you're drinking a beer with your buddy and you know a little bit more than them, you can sound really smart.
2: And get them to give you money.
0: Yeah. For Bitcoin. You could do that for sure. <laughs> but don't worry. Don't believe the hype. Uh,
1: are we ready for our number two trend? Yeah. I don't think we're going to make through all of them. This is going to be
0: like a seven hour podcast. That's
1: fine. I got I got nowhere else to be. It's Friday <laughs> no, night. I got nothing no easy going on. Way to I thought do you had anything. an escape room to go to tonight. I, that's in like, they're leaving soon. So. This is the escape I, I trick, can't escape yeah, this room. How am right I going to escape yeah. that room?
0: <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert, this is your escape room. Ah, oh I, I just know when
1: I did <laughs>
2: my presentation to the AAF about blockchain.
0: Glazed was, eyes?
2: Well, you know, the people were engaged and trying to understand it, but it's not easy. And I know you just did a presentation as well. Or you're working on one. It's,
0: whew. It's tough. It's not, yeah. you know, you've got to understand a lot of different things. Like when you say it's an electronic ledger, half the people in the room are like, what's a ledger, you know? Yeah. So if, if you don't know what a ledger is, it's really hard to to grasp. And then it's, I mean, I could get way more nerdy about it. Like it, why it's called a blockchain, you know, it's a chain of blocks, but I'm not, it's just,
1: yeah, it's crazy. That's stuff. like, we
2: need like a fuel podcast after hours where we just sit around and nerd
0: out over By it. The we the do fire. that. We just don't record yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And this has
1: been the blockchain episode. Thanks for listening.
0: Do we want to do the second one? Sure. Yeah. I would love
1: to. I can actually talk about this one. little more
0: succinctly. Yeah. All right.
1: Voice search. Number two,
0: two, 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 two. Yeah, so voice
1: search, I have some statistical, some some data ease, some data lets, some statsies. Wait, repeat to cringe.
2: No. I was gonna do like a
0: hey Alexa, what is voice search? Hey, did you see that video yesterday? That, or I, get, I saw it yesterday. I don't know if it's been out a couple of days or whatever, but it was um, Alexa lost her voice. Have you seen this? No. And then, yeah, it's really good. Go to YouTube and type in Alexa lost voice. Um, it's, it's basically a video where someone asks Alexa a question and she starts coughing like she's sick. And they're like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And so... Amazon starts connecting people when they ask a question. So if, if they ask a question about food, like a guy says, how do I make grilled cheese? They connect him to Gordon Ramsay. So Gordon Ramsay is sitting there with headphones going, dude, you're like a 29-year-old man. It's grilled cheese. You grilled <laughs> cheese. Like learn to cook. Like he's berating him. Oh. And then there's like someone that, um, someone says play country music. And instead it's like this like, hip rap artist starts singing. And it's, it's really cool. It's a really good video. But we rely way, way, way heavy already on voice search. And it's just getting more and more. You know
1: what my Alexa does? Tells me when the timer's up for my food in the oven. <laughs> basically it.
0: You don't play music on it? You don't ask questions? I
1: don't. I feel like I'm just not home a ton. So I don't listen to a yeah. ton of music when I'm home. Like I'm just, I'm not there to use it. That's my problem.
0: I love it. Because you can name timers. So when I'm cooking my roast potatoes and my Yorkshire puddings, I can say, set a Yorkshire pudding timer? 15 minutes and set a roast potato timer for 45 minutes.
1: Oh, I'm what, what are you doing what, tonight. I'm coming over. It names
0: my, it names my timers. It's great.
1: Oh. Timers
0: are, are used by
2: 41% of all voice assistant users.
0: Really? Yeah. Where'd you get that stat from? Did you uh, ask Alexa? No business week. Okay.
1: Well, some other important statistics just to put into perspective, how many people are actually using voice search? So according to a study in 2017, so this is relevant up to date data, 35.6 million Americans will use a voice-activated device, this does not include a smartphone, at least once per month, and this is a 1286 increase over 2016. Also, the voice-assist market is expected to grow 23.1% this year, with more than 60 million users using voice assistants at least once per month, and this represents overall, just to put it into perspective again, 20% of Americans. So one in five people have and are using a voice device, and, and
0: again, not mobile phone.
1: Not mobile phone. Yeah, this is your Google Home <clears> your Alexa.
0: Which I mean, Google the the base level Google device and the uh, base level uh, Echo Dot were like twenty thirty dollars over Christmas. I mean, yeah. it's barrier to entry is low yeah. now, really low. We literally have five Echo devices in our house. We got a show, an Echo in three dots. Oh, you got a show? Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Love it. My kids will literally sit there. My son, when we first got it, he sat there and um, watched the entire um, Force Awakens. That's Star Wars me shit, by the way. Oh, thanks. Um, Watched the entire Force Awakens. I have a 70-inch TV with the DVD, (laughs) right? Or Blu-ray, even better, right? So like an HD version you can watch on a 70-inch. But he wanted to watch it on the little Echo Show. Well, to be fair, I still
1: have your DVDs, so. This is true. This was
0: before you stole them. Keep them hostage. You still haven't watched them. (laughs)
1: Uh, So we all are familiar with these voice-activated devices. We all know how to use them. I think it's interesting um, and not entirely surprising that we've seen some companies already in the travel space dabble, if you will, with this. So just to speak to some of the things that already exist, Kayak, which is owned by Priceline... They do have an app or a skill for this, um, primarily used for flight tracking. They also have a feature called Kayak Explore and a travel search feature. And then you also have Expedia, another big player in the game, Their skill is less planning oriented, but more focused on assisting people who already have current plans. So you can look at your arrival or departure time for flights or check-in time for your hotels, or it can help you rent a car. So they're kind of different purposes there. But the two biggest, arguably the two biggest OTAs in this space are already investing time and money into this.
0: Yeah, but they also did in chatbots, and look where that got First, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, I, I think what we're seeing here is it's so early on in the adoption process, in the technology of voice assistants, you've got the Echo Show. Mm-hmm. That is where I think the real value from a hotelier the, comes in. The
0: screen makes a big difference. It makes a giant mm-hmm. difference. Because you can now select, there's a search engine results page right. there, right, With with a dot there's not you know it can you know amazon's great but it, it if you look if you go to a search for a product and then you ask alexa it's not the same thing like on the alexa they're pushing things like if you say uh, i need to buy AA batteries the ones they offer you on alexa because they're not showing you a list are going to be the ones they make the most money from mm-hmm. not necessarily the cheapest or the best rated yeah. so they've been a little shady about that and that's that's prevented me from using it as a as a tool to buy things
2: what's prevented me from using it as a tool is because my kids would hear me using it that way and then, <laughs> then, then they buy stuff out. showing up at the house yeah, yeah i can
1: almost see down the road perhaps you know i can see the hiltons or the marriott's of the world perhaps exploring this you know i not to say that i would personally feel comfortable booking a hotel stay but if it is you know a brand that has locations all over the world <laughs> who work a lot with business travelers who might not be as price sensitive you know i can definitely see them setting up skills where people could say, Hey Alexa, you know, I need a hotel downtown Boston across from the convention center for these dates and having no qualms mm-hmm, right. about doing that.
0: Well, the, the challenge is these voice tools right now are not that smart, right? They, they understand some things, they don't always interpret it and, and parse it the right way, they don't always give accurate results, what you're really looking for. I mean, what, this is a technology really in its infancy. And there's really, if you look at Alexa, people call it artificial intelligence. The majority of what Alexa is doing is not. It's just their pre-programmed responses based on mm-hmm. what, you know, there's artificial intelligence integrated into their algorithms of, of, of like search results and things but this itself it's not like when you ask for the weather there's no ai involved in saying it's 69 degrees it's a pre-programmed a human has programmed that response right so until it gets to the point where it can really understand me and my habits and what my preferences are going to be in in like we talked about earlier whether ai can make big data little and it can book the right hotel and knows all the considerations that I would have had and booked the right thing that it's not going to be that much of a utility. That's going to be useful for the masses. And we are a long way away from that. We're not even close to that.
1: Yeah. And we've definitely, we've had clients who have come to us and said, you know, what do I need to know for voice search? What do I need to prepare for voice search? And I, I think it's a little too early to be for, not that it shouldn't be on your radar, but as far as adjusting your marketing strategy
0: Yeah, there's nothing major you can do. I mean, I think you could argue that, you know, knowing how the object-oriented web plays into voice search, knowing that um, voice search needs to understand the object-oriented nature of things, like what things relate to what. You know, like we talked about last week, doing things like implementing Mm schema.org on your website and and using the the appropriate um, attributes on, say, image tags, alt tags, things like that, I think that's the, the where you need to be right now. If you're doing those things, preparing for it, but do you need to be investing money in a voice-activated booking engine? No, don't. Mm. That's silly right now, right? Let companies like Fuel that have booking engines do the research, do the investigation, do the development, and come out with the products at the appropriate time. Like We, we invest in R&D. We're always looking at things like AI, things like voice search, things like blockchain, things like chatbots, in figuring out how to incorporate those into our technologies. And then you as hoteliers can benefit from that when it's appropriate. But it's just, this is like blockchain. This is something that's a buzzword that people are excited about, but it doesn't really today have a huge business impact on you. you For sure.
2: And if you look at what, I mean, look where Amazon and Google are getting information from. So from an Amazon perspective, they're looking at Bing. So just claiming your local listings in doing the SEO 101, claiming local listings, making sure you have your you know, schema markup proper, things like that, that's going to go 99% of the way to what you're going to need from a search perspective. Right now, Anyway,
0: yeah. And it's changing quickly, and our opinion might change in two months. But I think you know, we're always that kind of word of caution here. We're always reminding people to focus on what's effective, what works. And what mm-hmm. works right now is not voice search. You're not going to get... Fifty percent of your revenue coming through voice search. is not going to impact your business tremendously in 2018. Mm-hmm. Probably not even 2019. So, well, if you focus look at on the, the basics,
2: you know, there's there's this chart, and I, and I said it was Business Week. It actually is actually as Business Insider, and it talks about what people are using these voice assistants for, mm-hmm. and all of it is you know algorithmic type searches for general questions, weather, streaming music, things like that. Are all what people are actually using it for. Mm-hmm finding local business is the top i guess local type result or you know specific you know travel type thing that's only by 16% or done by
0: 16% of the people with voice search so, devices so to be clarify that 16% of 20% of the population Correct. by the end of this year right right so it, so you're talking about 3% of people total that right. that w- you're going to be in- getting in front of. So why would you spend all your time and all your energy mm-hmm. on that or a lot of substantial budget trying to figure that out when you, you at maximum you're going to reach 3% of people, right? Yeah, and
2: we need to be riding the wave of voice search, not necessarily trying to craft customer you know, behavior. That is a bigger, you know, job than any one hotel or even one hotel brand. Can tackle that needs to be
0: right society wide so so let me ask you this do you guys all have some kind of voice activated device Yeah, no I know pete does you do, I do right yeah so three three out of four and i'd say we're we're early adopters you know we're, we're nerds we're, we're technology people right how many of us have used uber before yes all of us have used uber right so i on, only
1: have a th- what so it, you can 4. use your, your
0: you can use your Alexa device to order your uber how many of us have done that none right so and you can order pizza on it. How many of us have done that? You know, So it's going to take a while for the, the habits to form for that. And there's going to have to be a compelling mm-hmm. reason that it's more convenient for us to do that stuff. So these are the big companies. Like pe- people order a lot more pizza. pizza
1: hut yeah. I think it's Domino's.
0: Yeah, so pe- pe- people order a lot more pizza than they book hotel rooms. And yet, it's it's a fraction of a fraction of a percent of total people that it's are actually 8% doing that. percent
2: of all smart device users have used it to order any type of food right. let alone pizza
0: right so you know we're not dealing with a disruptor this year that's not what voice is it's important no question you need to pay attention to it no question that's hopefully why you listen to shows like this and read you know the, the good sites out there that keep up on the trends But this is not something you need to be spending your contingency budget on this year.
1: Should we rename this to things you shouldn't spend money on this year? Yeah, (laughs) you said it's
0: trends, but it really should be the things that people are saying are trends, but are not really trends. And I want to call out um, Skift right now because every year they do this thing where it's like the... 20,000 megatrends. The
1: megatrends, right? yeah.
0: It's like they have 19 of them this year or something well, ridiculous, it, right? I and think it's
1: probably 18. Twenty Last year they had 17. Now it's 18 okay. for 2018. So
0: 18 megatrends. It's like, what is the difference between a trend and a megatrend?
1: Like a model and a supermodel. But one's is on,
0: it? No, one's on the Skift Report and one's not. Okay. Oh. Like, so everything that they said. And some of them were just nonsensical. It's like it's not a trend in any... any uh, it was, I listened to their podcast that recapped their megatrends uh, last week. And it's, a, it's decent. There's a lot of great information. But I just think their packaging of it is a little nonsensical. Cool. Sorry, Skift, if you're listening. All
2: right. So trend number one, don't worry about blockchain. Trend number two, 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 two. is voice search. Don't worry, don't about, worry about, it. about it.
1: Well, so do, are, do we want to do part two next week? I feel like we, we're kind of approaching a stopping point here.
0: Yeah, we could do that. Let's 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 teaser. Yeah, let's do uh, a two-parter, if you Ooh, will. Okay. We already actually we were working ahead. Melissa and I already had next week's episode already planned, but we'll 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 push that back a week. Now we have got a bunch of weeks out in front. Yeah, we're not scrambling at us a being day before. Planners, look at planning us things. Yeah, but so cool. we
2: need to change the name to Part One. Well, Part One of Five Strands. You don't have to. Worry about. Oh, we should do that. Yeah.
1: Look, at, look people are getting the real-time, behind-the-scenes insight of untrends. how it works. <laughs> yeah.
0: The untrends. This
2: is happening right then, because they're listening to it in the future. What?
0: <laughs> that just hurt my brain. Yeah, because they're understand. listening to it now, but we've already said these words. Who's on first? What's?
2: <laughs> I have listened to Evan and Costello in a long time.
0: Um, all right, so let's do uh, one of the Christmassy, wishlisty thingies. That's our official title for it. So we, just if you, this is your first episode, we did a, an episode over, uh, it was actually in the new year, where we'd asked a bunch of listeners to the show, if you have one wish for 2019 related to hotel marketing. Or
3: 2018.
0: Uh, yeah. Did I say 2019? Yes. <laughs> uh, it's blockchain stuff. Coming we're that, much, we're that our, ahead of our yeah. friends here. If you have one wish for 2018, what would it be? And so we had a bunch, we read a bunch out and we're going to read them um, over the next few episodes as well. So let's do the next one on the list.
1: All right. So this request came from Ron, and his wish was: this would be a first for branded hotels. For independent hotels, this is already possible. A tool or technology that could log into the respective brand data warehouse and pull the monthly data into a dashboard so that brand and independent hotels could be compared on attribution points, visits, conversions, ADR, et cetera. Then if the data could be pivoted to show month over month comparisons, it would make life so much easier.
0: Yeah. That's a big wish. It is. We love data here. We're nerds. We
3: really, oh, well, at least I do.
0: Yeah. I think we all do. You know, I think there's some really interesting things going on in the industry now. There's, there's a lot of folks trying to get um, more aggregate data like that and, and, you know, in in an anonymized way. Because I think if you look at the GDPR stuff coming in Europe, it's, it's limiting what we can do from a personalized perspective. But I think a, as an aggregate, like looking at ADR and demand and stuff like that, there's a couple of companies that, that I've i've been paying attention to that i think are doing a good job one is intopia but the other one that i really think is standing out and thinking in in phenomenal ways and i think are going to really ha- uh, create some major disruptions in the industry and that's Dueto. i think duetto are doing a phenomenal job like trying to aggregate data trying to revolutionize rate management and trying to pull information from multiple sources there was um I don't know if it's the CEO, but one of one of the top brass from Dueto was on the um, No Vacancy podcast a few weeks ago, and um, just a really impressive guy, just the way he was talking about the industry and um, what Duetto was trying to do. I think it, Ron's wish might be coming true through Dueto. honestly. Hmm. Yeah, we might have them on the show. They'd reached out and asked about being on the show, so I might need to reach out to them and pick their brain and see if...
3: I'm a little unclear on part of Ron's wish list in that I think he's trying to say he wants to compare brand and independent hotel data.
0: I think he's he's one in the cross section. So if you're a Hilton property, right, you get the Hilton data, but you don't get the 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 non-Hilton data. Yeah. So it would be ideal if you get Hilton and Marriott and you know, all this other stuff. The other place to look, and, and I think they're doing a good job of aggregating data, is if you look at the evil empire of Expedia with their Rev Plus product and some of the other tools they're creating now to aggregate information together. I think they're, they're, they're doing some interesting things. If you're not logging into the tools that Expedia is giving you, I think you should reach out to your um, regional, the um, what do they call them? Representative? No, it's like a, there's Account a term manager? for the… Area manager person. I forget what they call them there. Like, anyway, reach out to your rep. uh,
2: Or, like, a really fancy star report that I think a lot of hotels are kind of familiar
0: with. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I
1: wasn't sure what he said when he meant for independent hotels. This is already possible.
0: Yeah, I guess he's, I don't know.
1: Maybe Um, Ron can clarify.
0: Yeah, Ron. Let us know. Hit us up. Info at And we can discuss uh, more in depth. At fuel travel. Yeah. And if you want to come on in the show and talk about it, Ron, you're welcome anytime.
1: You can tap into our director of analytics. She likes to talk about analytics. I like to talk about numbers.
0: She's a data nerd. I am. Well, cool. Well, thanks, Ron, for the question. Thanks for your wish. Thank you for listening to the show. And everyone else, thank you for listening to the show as well. If you like what you heard, then we'd love for you to leave a review. And um, in, as well as that, or instead of that, one or the other if you could go to fueltravel.com slash tech t-e-c-h when you have a moment take about four minutes of your time we are trying to do this in-depth study of the technology um, landscape we're asking hoteliers and vendors what they think the trends are what they think is important when selecting technology things like that we're doing this in conjunction with flip 2 and stand touch we're going to be publishing a study later this year but we, we would love to have your input. So if you're a hotelier or a supplier to the hotel industry, then go to fueltravel.com slash tech and fill out a few questions. It'll be great. We've had hundreds and hundreds of people respond already, but we'd like a few more data points to make this even more statistically valid than it already is. So, Misha, where can we find you on the Twitters?
1: You can find me on the Twitters at Marketing Misha. That is at Marketing M-E-I-S-H-A.
0: And Melissa.
3: I am on Twitter at M.A. Kavanaugh, M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H.
0: And Peter. Hey, I'm
3: there also, but
2: I'm, at, <laughs> I'm not at any of those two places. I'm at p d i m a i o. Also
1: at Pete's Bees. <laughs> I, see, now i got to go create Pete's I know. Bees. I, uh, I, gotta, I still have to create <clears throat> fuel biscuits or whatever.
2: <laughs> Pete's be, I've been really worried about Pete's Bees. Wait, can we get
1: a brief bee update? Yeah, (laughs)
2: apiarist update. Oh, what's going on?
1: Newest segment. Do they
2: hibernate? Hang on a second. Before we do a bee update, you gotta go. Beep 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 (laughs) beep (laughs) beep. No, so I'm actually. What's the buzz? Oh, oh, that's horrible. I've been really worried about my bees because it's been so cold. Because because in January we had a lot of days that were. Below freezing and stayed below freezing. Yeah, is
0: that not good for bees?
2: Well, they can keep themselves warm. They kind of huddle together, but yeah. still, if if you have a lot of cold days, you want to wrap the beehives in yeah. like you know, some kind of insulation. Did I you? didn't do that. Oh man, oh what kind of APRs to use. I'm a bad. And, but you
1: have children You keep them alive. Well, yeah, but I,
2: I've got them wrapped up in a whole house. I didn't want to, be, I didn't want to bring the bees. Oh, down there.
0: You, you should have just brought the hives in the house. That'd <laughs> that would be really great. But anyway, so
2: I checked on them last week, and and they were pretty happy. So, Aww. okay, did they tell you be this? happy? Well, they were not dead. So <laughs> I'm don't. gonna go ahead and in a little bit we'll start having. I don't it's know. Already, I'm not it's dead, already but February. I'm not happy. I just, just so. so you
0: know, I just finished the last of my honey from last year, so I need to okay. know.
2: Well, the it's already almost it's February now. Mm. So it won't be long before we start getting flowers. Oh, and just stuff. in and time
1: for Valentine's Day. Huh? Yeah, exactly. I I guess spice they need things out with honey. That's right.
2: Yep. Mm. So when we start getting nectar and all that kind of cool stuff, then we'll have all kinds of honey for the office. You should That's break a, down, do a breakdown,
1: breakdown of what honey is, because to my understanding, it's basically it's, just bee spit.
2: It's bee spit, but they call it enzymes, which is fancy. Oh.
1: Mm. Mm. Okay. Thank Sweet you for the update. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Stuart Butler. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. You can find Pete in his backyard uh, fixing his bees. And until next, well, no, actually, you can get the notes to this podcast at slash podcast. Click on episode 76. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast.
1: Predictions for hotels. Like, we're just going to kind of have to think our thoughts. Think thoughts. Thinky thoughts.
0: Thinky thoughts.
1: Thinky thoughts. There
0: could be a section on the podcast. Thinky thoughts. Just the Thinky thoughts. Thinky thinky
1: thinky thinky thought. Thinky thinky thoughts. Thinky thinky thoughts. Think-y, think-y, thinky thinky thought. Thinky thought. Thinky 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 thoughts. Go into the thinky thinky thoughts.
0: Thinky thoughts. No, <laughs>
1: You people, I just can't.
0: <laughs> just say one thinky thought.
1: Thinky thought. There she is.